You're listening to a sermon from St. John's Anglican in Cranbourne. To find out more about us, head to cranbourneanglican.org.au. Who is Christmas for? If you hear the words of the hymns that we've sung this evening, even the first hymn, Come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Maybe that's the spirit of Christmas. Those who are feeling the Christmas spirit, feeling joyful, triumphant and faithful. Or maybe we look towards the marketing over the last two months and see that Christmas maybe is for families and friends, those who eagerly anticipate children unwrapping presents tomorrow morning, dreading bank balances dwindling over the previous weeks. Maybe Christmas is for those who have someone to celebrate with. Or maybe it's like all the Christmas movies we've watched over the years, the classic Christmas movies like the Santa Claus and Polar Express and Elf and Die Hard. Christmas is all about those who need more belief. They need something to believe in. Who is Christmas for? I was out talking with a friend just last week who confessed to me that he he wasn't feeling the Christmas spirit this year. He couldn't feel it. He couldn't access it. It felt distant from him. You see, his mum had passed away three months earlier, and every single day leading up to Christmas was a reminder that she wasn't here with him. He felt distant from the Christmas spirit. Is Christmas for people like him? Is Christmas for people who are grieving and groaning, who feel weary and worn down, or just for the joyful and triumphant? Who is Christmas for? The truth is that Christmas comes to us from the dark. Prior to the book of Matthew, there had been 400 years of relative silence on God's end since the last writing In the Old Testament, the promised land of Israel had fallen into enemy hands. Even the birth announcement that we read in the book of Matthew courts disaster. This is not joyful and triumphant. This is very near on the cusp of everything falling apart. See, this isn't the joyful of announcement, a joyful announcement of a long married couple eagerly awaiting their child. This is an almost disgraceful revelation that a young woman had become pregnant. Now, 2,000 years on, we can see the fine line. We can see by the Holy Spirit. We can see, though, the potential for danger for Mary and for Joseph. You see, in that time, in those times, they didn't do what we do. They didn't date and get to know each other and go on movie dates and hang out for dinner and eventually get engaged and fall in love and get married and so on. No, they had their parents involved. They got betrothed. There was a ceremony, and for a year they would wait before they could become married. This is what was the case for Mary and Joseph. They had been betrothed. They were in the in-between state. They weren't yet married, yet not divorced. They would wait a year. And yet Joseph discovers that his wife is four months pregnant. What will he do? 
He knows that if this comes around, he, he knows that he hasn't been involved with Mary. What should happen if he reveals this publicly? Mary might be disgraced, might be stoned to death. So Joseph in his heart, in his heart resolves not to reveal this publicly, but to dismiss her privately. An honorable thing to do. But 2,000 years on, it feels like this is almost coming undone. Right from the very beginning. Right up until the angel speaks to Joseph. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Blessing, can you put the next slide on? Because this is not working. She will bear a son and you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife. Our family has a bit of a tradition on Christmas morning that we read the Christmas narratives from the Bible from the book of Matthew and the book of Luke. And to be honest, they're quite contrasting. See, the book of Luke is filled with details. That's where we discover about the census, about the journey, about the inn, about all the things that took place, about the shepherds and the angels. The book of Matthew is relatively scarce. There's no details. The birth of Jesus takes one line. But what the book of Matthew has is a declaration. If we go to the next slide. The next one. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The book of Matthew declares God is with us. God is with us. God is with us. And that means at least two incredibly important things. It means that one, Jesus is God and that he is God with us. See, Jesus is God. It's easy to lose sight of that on Christmas morning. We've become numbed because of the traditions, because of the carols we sing year after year after year. We, we open up our Advent calendars. We hear the words, but we lose sight of the fact that this child born in Bethlehem is God himself. This child is divine. This child is the King of kings. This child is God. Just think for a moment, try to unravel the years and years that we've spent hearing this and imagine coming across it for the first time. Just know what the Bible says about God. Some of the images of God, that he's a king, that he's a shepherd, that he's a warrior, that he's a rock, a refuge, a father, a maker, a savior, a lion, a lamb. Just think about some of the attributes of God, some of his characteristics. That he is living and powerful, shrewd and just, merciful and pure, 
honest and faithful, patient, kind and loving. What the Bible declares is that the same God who is all those things is this child in Bethlehem. This is not just some other kid born to be a great teacher or a great leader or a great healer. This is the Son of God. This is God's chosen one. This is the King come to save his people from their sins. Jesus is God. But Jesus is also God with us. I think there comes a time in everyone's life, particularly if you've been raised up around the church, if you had some interaction where you ask the question, maybe out loud, but maybe just in the quiet of your heart. Where is God? Like, where, where are you right now? Are you here? Are you here with me? Where are you? I thought you'd be here. Sometimes the pain that comes from life, the grieving and the groaning, strips back our experience of God so far that we feel like we've been abandoned, that all hope is lost. But what Christmas declares to those legitimate feelings those legitimate thoughts, those legitimate questions, is that God is with us. It doesn't dismiss the pain. It doesn't take away the grieving or the groaning. It doesn't take away the hurt or the longing. It doesn't take away the distress. It doesn't take away the weariness or the worn downness of our souls. But what it does is declare that in those feelings, in those experiences, God is with us. God is here. So what are we to do in those moments? We look to the child. We look to the manger. We look to Jesus. We are not alone. We have not been abandoned. God is with us. And every time we have that thought, we can take it back to this scene 2,000 years ago, plus some, and know in our heart of hearts, God is with us because Jesus came. God is with us because Jesus came. There is not a single second for God's people where he has turned his face from us. There is not a single moment where God has departed from us. There is not a single second where God has Abandon us. That's the declaration of Christmas. And you know what I find so powerful? It's not just that the book of Matthew starts out declaring that. It's, it finishes there too. Some 33 years after the birth of Jesus, after his growth, after his maturity, after calling the disciples, after his miracles, after his healings, after the crucifixion, after the resurrection. He calls his disciples together one last time to give them a rousing send-off, to encourage them. Do you know what his last words are in the book of Matthew? Take a look at the next line. Remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. That was true for Jesus' disciples and is true for all of us who call on his name. Jesus is God 
with us. The same child who was born in Bethlehem is the same Savior who died on the cross, is the same Lord who is resurrected, is the same King who reigns at the right hand of the Father. And He will not abandon us. He is God with us. So who is Christmas for? Christmas is for anyone. Christmas is for the groaning and the grieving, the grumbling and the growing. Christmas is for the weary and the worn down. It's for the joyful, the rejoicing, the triumphant. Christmas is for anyone who calls out to Jesus because Jesus is God with us. He is God come to be near to us, to save his people from their sins. Christmas is for anyone. And so this Christmas, if you feel alone, look to Jesus. He is God with us. If you feel alive, look to Jesus. He is God with us. If you feel abandoned, look to Jesus. He is God with us. If you feel surrounded, look to Jesus. He is God with us. If you feel joyful and triumphant, look to Jesus. He is God with us. If you grieve and groan, look to Jesus. He is God with us. God has not abandoned us. At times like this, I always feel that there's three kind of groups gathering together at Christmas. There are those who are unsure, those who are grieving and groaning, and those who are filled with faith, those who are confident and sure. Well, let me give a word to each one of us tonight. If you feel unsure about this Jesus, if you feel uncertain, you have doubts or questions, that is totally fine. Here's my invitation. Seek and search out and find out who Jesus really is. Don't leave the questions unanswered. Don't just go to Google. My experience has been that the best way to find out who Jesus is is to learn in community. Come to a service, 9 o'clock, 10.30. We've got a 5 o'clock launching. The best place to learn about who Jesus is is with other people asking the same questions. Bring your doubts. Bring your questions. Seek and search in 2024. But if you come to Christmas this year, like my friend, feeling like the spirit of Christmas is distant from you, like grieving and groaning has taken away the joy of the season, cling to Jesus. Use whatever energy you have to get close to him, knowing that he has poured himself out to be close to you. He died on the cross to be God with us. He will not abandon you. He will not forsake you. He will not leave you astray. And for those of us who come to Christmas full of faith, full of joy, full of triumph, and my encouragement is to sing and to share. Don't bottle it up. The world needs to hear. Come, let us adore Him. There are so many distractions. But Jesus is better because Jesus is God and he is God with us. So sing 
and share and boast of his goodness this Christmas. I beg you, I plead you. Jesus is God. He's God with us. Seek, cling, sing. I'm going to pray for us now that we would hold fast and know this Jesus. God, I thank you that the Christmas narrative is messy. It's not clean. It's not perfect. It seems a bumpy ride, like things could go out of control at any moment, and yet we know that you are never out of control. And so we thank you for sending your son, Jesus, God, the second person of the Trinity. We thank you for sending Jesus, the King who has come to save his people from their sins. Would we know him? Would our questions be answered? Would our doubts be filled? Would we find all the answers we need in him? But God, I pray, particularly for any who are grieving and groaning this Christmas, who are feeling that the Christmas spirit is far from them, God, would they see that you are God with us, that Jesus is not distant from them, that Jesus is not far from them, but rather he is God with us, and he is God with you. And so I just leave a moment of silence right now for you in your hearts to call out to Jesus if you want to. We pray that you would draw all those who need you desperately tonight to you. Would they see you for who you are? We pray in Jesus' name.